It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hey guys, sports betting season is in full force. NHL and NBA playoffs, we enjoyed those, and now football season is here. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BetUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 800-69-BETUS. That is 800-MYBETUS. US, you can receive a 125% sign-up bonus by using the bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses also. BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a lot of reasons. No matter what the season, BetUS has all the games, NBA, NHL, team, player props, loads of NFL and college plays, whether futures or individual game odds. You can bet UFC matches and props, PGA golf, Golf and round matchups and live betting on most sports, including golf. The online casino has hundreds of games, and the race book has all your horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable, and the Sharp BetUS mobile platform is easy with full betting options. Follow my lead and partner with a sports betting company with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS. In the South, it's always college football season. And the king of college football reigns supreme all year long. Southern Sports Today proudly presents the Chuck Oliver Show. It's an inside look at everything college football. Now live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's time to talk college football with the reigning king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today. There is a sweet spot... A fan base can live in for a small while. And it is on full display this weekend in Knoxville. It is the Chuck Oliver Show, wherever it is you are, whenever it is you're listening. I certainly appreciate you coming here for your college football talk. We do two hours a day. Been doing it since the beginning of the 14th season. So seven-plus years now. Uh, thank you for putting that blessing in my life. I said there is a sweet spot that we'll see on Rocky Top this weekend. Sweet spot that a fan base can live in, at least for a little while. And that's where the Vols fans are right now. Do you know what happens this weekend? Like 48 hours from now, roughly. Do you know what goes on in Knoxville? Tennessee fans get a better home game this coming weekend than anything Georgia fans will have had the entire season. Now, that 
doesn't seem like it's possible for any team in the SEC that you would look at their schedule and go, hey, get a single home game, a good home game the entire year. There's a bigger picture to this. Now, I will say before we move on that if you look at the home schedules, just for whatever it's worth, Tennessee's home slate for the year, Bowling Green, Pitt, Tennessee Tech, none of that is anything. Pitt's pretty good, but that doesn't jazz the Tennessee fan base. Uh, Bowling Green, Pitt, Tennessee. They did the Jackie Sherrill, excuse me, the Johnny Majors thing as well this year. Um, And then South Carolina and Ole Miss, getting better. And then in November, you've got Georgia, South Alabama, and Vanderbilt. So to this point, what has been the treat, the delight for what's been the event, the big game to get up for and excited about that we're heading to Neyland? Well, you got a few of them. The South Carolina game, in that it was a conference game and you thought you were going to win, you probably got jazzed for that. I'll say Ole Miss, even though you thought, mm, don't know how this is going to go. They're really good, but I'm feeling good about us as well. So at least it's a big game. Maybe even if we lose, it's an event. Let's go. Certainly this weekend, you got the number one team in America and a huge rival that you play every year and a half for a century. You've got them coming to town and you're, yeah, smelling yourself a little bit. Look at us. Now, I, I have an idea how the game goes. But but right now, today, in the moment, the Tennessee fans excited about Saturday, and he or she should be. Even going back to September 2nd, th- that was a Thursday night game, and fans get excited about Thursday night games most of the time, especially a season opener with a brand-new offense, and it's morning in Knoxville again. So Bowling Green, you're excited for that at least. So that's been your home slate. And I dare say without much of a stretch at all that there have, I mean, we're talking already four games that the Tennessee fan base has looked at and said, yeah, this is an event. This is something that I will be excited about. I'm going to go and hopefully we get a great outcome and we'll make it even better. As well as the opportunity to officially to actually achieve bowl eligibility. Now, they're five and four, the Vols are. And I believe, again, Saturday's game. I have Sunday morning's paper. Georgia wins. Beyond that, it's South Alabama and Vanderbilt. So, Tennessee is going to win both of those games. And after this, there's a way how these wins and losses have fallen. There is a way now that the South Alabama game is actually sort of the official all right, let's get excited because when we stretch this thing out and beat the Jags, uh, we can celebrate. Sam Pittman last weekend. I asked Dan on, uh, I think on Monday, I was like, find the Sam Pittman cut, him coming off the field. Remember he said, and we played it, he said, we're going to some bowl. Some bowl. He said, and after what the folks in this state have been through, football, he's like, some bowl. Yeah, Tennessee's doing, they're going to a bowl. So against South Alabama with not a lot of mystery to to who wins and loses. I don't know what the score is, but who wins and loses. There's still a reason to go to the game next Saturday. Georgia, not as much. Home slate, UAB, South Carolina, Arkansas, Kentucky, Missouri, Charleston Southern. Did I miss anything? Do you realize that the number one team in America – their fan base, as far as what the fan base is being provided with to get excited about, eh, and there's nothing. 
It is strictly on their sidelines. There has not been, even the Kentucky game, get real, leading up to kickoff, did anybody listening have one moment? We have Matt Jones on, who all he does is Kentucky sports. He's like, yeah, they're not winning. He said they could, but they're not going to win. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course they could, and they're not going to. Even that game. Georgia fans are buying the tickets and going and writing the check so that they can continue to have seats in seasons other than 2021. The entire home slate. Tennessee fans get a better home game this weekend than anything Georgia fans will wind up having for the entire season. Expectations and what's normal for you and when you can achieve it. That's what determines all of this. See, UGA can't achieve its actual goal for the season until January 10th. That's the day of the national championship game. Think about that. Started practicing in March. You can't achieve your goal because you only have one. Now, you have a lot of individual things you have to do leading up to that that can invalidate the goal. But truly, what was the goal in Athens going back to spring practice? National championship, which means you can achieve that goal for real until January 10th. Folks, Tennessee got one four days ago. Tennessee achieved a goal four days ago. We went on the road and beat Kentucky. That was a big deal can get another even bigger one this weekend. See, the chance to achieve something really important to your program, to you it's important. That will get the fan base jazzed, and it will keep them there. And even a loss on Saturday won't end the warm fuzzy for UT fans. As I said, next Saturday, the Vols host South Alabama and will be bowl eligible. The final home game is the next Saturday, and it's Vandy, which is another dub, and then the bowl trip. In the midst of what I believe will be a 7-6 and six season, they're likely not good enough to beat a quality bowl team. I don't think. In the midst of what I believe will be a 7-6 and six season, Tennessee fans will have five straight games of loving being themselves. And I mean right now. Now, Georgia fans sitting on their hands until January 10th, at least until the SEC championship game. And certainly to the play, like they're sitting around going, I'm waiting for the opportunity to achieve anything. Do you realize going on the road and beating Tennessee by 30? That doesn't achieve anything for Georgia. It is another step along the way to eventually getting to that goal but you didn't achieve anything Saturday if you roll up 75 and beat them by 30. All you did was act on cue. All you did was exactly what was expected of you. Tennessee fans, they're going to be a little above 500 at the end of the year, I believe. And it is Saturday after Saturday of events, of reasons to get excited, reasons to go. I said there is a sweet spot that a fan base can live in, but just for a small while. That's until the expectations change. For Tennessee fans, for right now and through the end of whatever bowl game until December 29th, it goes all zeros. Tennessee fans are living in that sweet spot right now, and you talk about an SEC fan base that deserves it, good for them.
Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show on Southern Sports Today. I don't know if there's just one thing. I think we've continued to grow in our understanding of what we do. We've continued to grow in, in uh, you know, the, the way that we're going to compete for 60 minutes. We've continued to grow as a football team coming together, uh, truly being a family and, and a band of brothers that uh, love and care about one another. Chuck Oliver Show continuing on a Thursday. That's Josh Heupel. He is the Tennessee head coach, and he's talking about their development throughout the season. Um, if we do go back, he says it's not just one thing. It's like uh, just familiarity and, and, and find there is the technical, like the specific, the instructive part of it that, um, all right, no, you went 12 yards, it's supposed to be 14, whatever it is. But then there is also just the when it gets conversational almost. Um. You can tell when someone is, at least I can, like if you're watching a, I don't know, a sports studio show or, or you know, like a highlight, you can tell when someone who is not familiar with the subject matter is kind of reading off the teleprompter. Um, I had someone talking to me about a, a school's pro day once. And this person said, you know, whoever the prospect was, um, ran a, it, it, it was basically saying the 40 time. But it was it, it was like when you remember what Bud Selig said he, Tony Gwynn averaged three hundred fifty seven for his career or, or whatever the, his best season was and they're like that's not how you say it. Um, sometimes when you get conversational with things, that's when you can show that you really understand what you're talking about and what you're doing and what the subject matter is. That's Tennessee in their offense. That's what Josh Heupel was trying to say that. As we get more familiar with each other, it's not just the technical, the X's and O's where we're moving people around on the field. It's the speed, the comfortable nature, the fact that we're not having to waste time. All of that is different. If you go back and watch that Bowling Green game, first of all, it was not Hendon Hooker, Joe Milton. But beyond just the quarterback having some issues, um, it wasn't as smooth. And they won by five touchdowns or four touchdowns. And so that, that, that wasn't the point that night. But the offense, the, 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 the efficiency of it, how it looks, it has gotten better. I will give him credit. Now, this past Saturday, that was a big deal to me looking at Tennessee. Going on the road and beating Kentucky, that's, that's something. That's a real dub. And it is the outlier from the first two months of the season, where if you looked at Tennessee, the First eight games, if you split them into the four best teams and the four worst teams, they lost to all four of the four best teams they played. They beat all four of the four worst teams they played. And then there's Kentucky. And again, went on the road against a team that can play good defense and a team that can play keep away. Uh, And Kentucky was able to get done a lot of what they want. Kentucky scores 42. Do you know what happens? They win. Except they didn't. So a lot of intrigue about what does that mean for this Saturday in Knoxville. It is an improved Tennessee product. I'm not expecting this to be very competitive, certainly not in the second half. What about the Tennessee offense? Are we aware that Georgia averages more points per game than Tennessee? I hope we are. Because if that's what you're pinning it on, and I just told you, against the best teams they played, they lost. Against the worst teams, okay, now let's run up some points here. Georgia? No, it's a lot simpler than that. They just beat everybody. 
And the one caveat that I always say is nothing on the road in a conference is ever easy. If you're on the road in the MAC, not easy. Defense travels. That's that's that one little asterisk that even the truisms of college football, I don't think it applies. Not to Georgia. Got to go on the road in the conference like, all right, talk to me. Auburn looking a lot better this year. They went on the road to Texas A&M, didn't look as good. It happens in conference, on the road, trap door, not for defense. Defense travels. Defense doesn't slump. Defense shows up. And Georgia's offense has been more productive this year than Tennessee's. So there is a lot to talk ourselves into. And believe me, I'm up for it. I want an interesting game. I've always said my goal, I want interesting November football. And in the East right now, this is probably my last shot. Damn, what's up? Well, what even goes beyond what you were just talking about right there, offense or defense, just having better players. And Georgia just has better players at every single part of the field. They are better. I mean, you could even try, you know, give me the Stetson Bennett against Hendon Hooker. I, I get all that, but... It's overwhelming the amount of talent that Georgia has on their sidelines. I don't know if you caught this yesterday. Steve Moulton, actually, of uh, WZZN, our, our, great, yeah, our great affiliate in Huntsville, pointed this out to me yesterday that uh, Eli Drinkwitz called the Georgia front seven the front 14. And somebody was like, what do you mean by that, coach? He goes, they're seriously too deep at every single spot there. They have somebody that if somebody goes out, it's not like, hey, oh, like man. Adam Anderson. Yeah, thank, or not, I mean, not even that. If Jordan Davis goes off the yeah. field, there is still somebody that is going to be a game wrecker at that if spot. If Nolan Smith is gone, it doesn't matter. You're and, right. And that's that's what they have going for you. And when you have that, that's a good place to be. Um, Ole Miss this weekend taking on Texas A&M. And I was actually talking about this uh, with uh, somebody the other day about, you know, how do I see this game? And I said, well, let's start with the quarterback position and let's go from there. If it's Matt Corral against Zach Calzada, then Ole Miss wins this football game. I don't think there's any doubt about it. But the larger thing with Ole Miss is I want to go back to something that you said about 60,000-seat stadium teams that they don't win national titles. And I think for Ole Miss, it kind of harkens back to what they had a couple of years ago when they went to the Sugar Bowl and they won the Sugar Bowl. And, Chuck, they treated winning said Sugar Bowl, I I believe it was against Oklahoma State, but the commemorative photos that you could buy, the commemorative tickets you could buy, you could even buy the powder blue helmets if you gave yeah. enough money to be able to get that. That's what Ole Miss is. That's their ceiling there. If you necessarily think that even with Lane Kiffin there, that national title is a possibility, no, this is the possibility right here. Winning against AM on Saturday, finishing out the string of the season, going 10-2, and two, and likely going to the Sugar Bowl again this season is where Ole Miss fans look back and say man what a year that was I mean let's look back to even the Archie Manning years when they go back and talk about regular season games against Alabama as their point of pride for the program there are certain programs that have a ceiling that has been reached and can only be reached at a certain point maybe someday down the road there is a trip to Atlanta for the SEC championship game and maybe if there is a blue moon there is a trip to a college football playoff but as a whole just as a program in general, at Ole Miss, this is pretty much the end of the rainbow is what we're seeing this year. There are so many layers to that onion. Uh, how does Ole Miss break through? They were national champs back in 60, I think it was, 61, 62. Oh, boy, I'm getting myself in trouble. I think it's 61. Uh, anyway, they, but that, you know, that is so 
not relevant to today's game. Uh, nothing about college football from 60 years ago uh, really is a template for today. And it is about in-state recruiting and availability to high school seniors who have the number who have grown up thinking i'm gonna be a tiger bulldog gator rebel there are just fewer of those same thing for mississippi state uh it is something to overcome that uh not many folks have been able to crack that code lately let's get a look at some of those pro and college lines for the week brought to you by bet us hi i'm dan matthews and let's take a look at those odds Let's start with Georgia at Tennessee for a mid-afternoon tilt on Saturday. Bulldogs a 20-point favorite. Over-under is 56. Texas A&M given 2.5 at Ole Miss. Aggies are minus 135 money line. Rebels are plus 115. Over-under is 57. Oklahoma a 5.5-point favorite at Baylor. Sooners are minus 220 money line. Bears are plus 180. Over-under is 62. Ohio State, a home favorite against Purdue. Buckeyes are given 21 to the Boilermakers. The over-under, 62 and a hook. Let's go to the pros. Cleveland at New England on Sunday. Pats are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. New England minus 140 on the money line. Brownies plus 120. Over-under is 45-and-a-half. Falcons, a 10-point underdog against the Cowboys in North Texas. Dallas, minus 410 on the money line. Atlanta is 330. Over-under is 55. Saints are at the Titans. Tennessee giving three. The Titans are minus 145 money line. New Orleans is plus 125. Over-under is 44 and a hook. Sunday night football in Las Vegas. Chiefs at the Raiders. Kansas City favored by two and a hook. They are minus 140 money line. Las Vegas is 120. Over under is 52. How about a chance for you to make some money? We got a couple of really good promo codes for you. How about promo code SST125? With this promo code, BetUS giving you a 125% sign up bonus. For example, that first deposit is $100. You're getting an extra $125 using cryptocurrency. How about the promo code SST200? When you do this, you get 200% of a sign-up bonus on crypto deposits. So that first crypto deposit is $100. You're getting an extra $200 heading back your way. That's a look at the odds brought to you by BetUS, America's favorite sports book for over 25 years. to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show. All week, all year, it's all college football on the Chuck Oliver Show. Mississippi State, um, they are poster child for the SEC West this season, I believe. It ain't easy out there uh, because Arkansas, that's a team that you play and you win, except this year you don't. You were thinking uh, Auburn, that's a team you you play and, and, and maybe you beat them. Except this year, you might not. Um, there are 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 no real. T- I'm going to say programs in the West right now. Like the best I can say about Missouri or South Carolina, those teams are they're landmines, and that's like entry level for any sort of threat. Uh, Vanderbilt's not even a landmine, but the SEC West. I think every program out there is elevated above that, and so you can be making progress. You can be having quote success. 
and you look up and you got three or four losses. Auburn may be in that boat after Saturday. That is for sure. Uh, when it comes to talking Mississippi State, though, uh, always love catching up with our next guest from Super Talk Mississippi and uh, works with our good friend Richard Cross. It is Brian Haydad. Brian, brother, how you doing today? What's going on, Chuck? Good to be with you, man. Yeah, I appreciate your uh, time today. Uh, we are going to look ahead to the Auburn matchup. It is an 11 a.m. kick in Jordan-Hare on Saturday, but let's do just a little bit of recap of, of how we've gotten here. Um, let's talk Will Rogers because, yeah. uh, you know, despite current-day offense, you know, there's so much look to the sideline, check with me, shorter passes, et cetera. It still ain't easy playing quarterback in the SEC, especially when you might throw 50, 55 passes on a Saturday. Tell me where you think Mississippi State is right now, season and a half plus with Will Rogers in the program. I mean, they're right there. They're right there, Chuck. I mean, they, 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 the yards are coming. They're able to move the ball. They need a little bit more red zone efficiency. But by and large, I mean, when you look at Will Rogers, he's going to throw for about 4,500 yards this year. He's going to be looking at about 30 touchdowns to maybe eight or nine interceptions at the rate he's going. He's completing 75% plus of his passes. And I feel like outside of the Alabama game, you know, he's just gotten better every week since that win at Texas A&M. He had a great game against Vandy, had a really good game against Kentucky where he set the SEC record for completion percentage. He was 36 of 39 in that game. And then this last week at Auburn, he throws for over, I'm sorry, Arkansas. He throws for uh, 400 yards and, and, and four touchdowns. So he's getting better every week. The offense is getting better every week, but they're, they're still not quite there. They don't have that consistency yet, and that's why you're seeing them drop games like they did last weekend. When he signed and he shows up, and I know there was weirdness and all, you know, if we go back a year ago, but um, what do, what was the expectation? Like, are you someone who looked around at that recruiting class or the quarterback two deep or four deep and said, oh, yeah, I think a year and a half from now, Will, Will, Will Rogers be running this offense? Um, what was what was your expectation? Well, let's look. You got to really go back here because when he signed, Joe Moorhead was still the head yep. coach at Mississippi State, and Garrett Schrader was still the quarterback at Mississippi State as a true freshman. So I'm thinking, okay, Rogers is going to come in, but Schrader's the guy for the next two, three, you know, years for however long he's at Mississippi State. And then you fast forward a few weeks, and Leach comes in, and I mean, immediately you think, okay, well, Schrader's not really a Mike Leach kind of quarterback. And then even with Rodgers, you know, even last year when they signed uh, Sawyer Robertson, the, the four-star freshman at yeah. Texas, who's the highest-rated quarterback state has ever signed, um, we thought, okay, well, maybe he could come in and give Rodgers a run for it. And now I'm looking at that, and I'm wondering, well, I wonder if Sawyer Robertson will be here for the next three years. Because it looks like Will Rodgers has got a pretty good handle on this job right now. So to answer your question, when he first signed, I no, I didn't know that he would be a starting quarterback in the SEC this early because I didn't think he was going to run the ball very much. But that said, uh, he's got a hold of that job now. He's not going anywhere. Well, let's talk about uh, the ability to start pushing it a little further downfield because I know that that's something earlier in the season. Um, just if you if you hadn't really watched Mike Leach and you're a fan, maybe you think, all right, bombs away. It's like, no, that's not really the approach. Um, are they starting to get a little more aggressive, maybe get into the mid-range of the uh, passing game? They are. And then you saw a little bit of that against uh, – against Arkansas and against Kentucky. Uh, they're starting to find some more of those 15, 20-yard routes down the field. Jaden Wally had a few catches like that against Kentucky. Uh, Makai Polk had a long catch this past weekend. So did Ra-Ra Thomas, a true freshman who's yeah. starting to develop, sort of the same way Jaden Wally did a season ago. So that 
in all facets of the offense, they're, they're getting better. You know, the running game, you think about the Kentucky game, they ran the ball 30-plus times. When would a Mike Leach team ever do that? They ran it 26 times against Arkansas. They're not rushing it for big yardage or anything, but they are being more efficient when they run and getting success when they run. So, offensively, like I said, they're starting to click. They're almost there. It's like the car's just about to turn over on a cold day. And when the engine gets going, I think you could see this team sort of take off. But maybe next season, Chuck, because I think the stat State put out the other day, 32 touchdowns on the year, 27 of them have been scored by freshmen and sophomores. This whole team's back next wow. year. So, could be could be a, a team to watch next season, but this year these final three games they can win. I mean they'll beat Tennessee State, but Auburn and Ole Miss those are both winnable games for Mississippi State. It's just can they do it? All right, let's talk defense because uh, Mississippi State it's been a little Jekyll and Hyde. Um, Arkansas, I mean they work hard to run the ball, but I wasn't expecting to go for two Bills last week. Um, yeah. Where do you think the state defense is right now as they as they prepare to face Auburn? Yeah, that's what cost State last week because. You know, rushing rushing defense had been a strength of this team all year. Yeah, there, I think yeah. they were third or fourth in the in the yeah, conference. Yeah, NC State found that out. Yeah, as did you know uh, LSU couldn't run the ball. A and M had some success, but not as much as they they normally would have. Kentucky, who you know Chris Rodriguez is the lead rusher in the SEC, hit thirty yards. Yeah, but Arkansas found something there, and having that mobile quarterback like KJ Jefferson, that's that's a plus, and that's so that's something to watch this weekend with Bo Nix because we all know what he can do with his feet. So that's going to be the key for state is, is slowing down that, uh, that Arkansas running, I'm sorry, that Auburn running attack and making Bo Nix, you know, beat you with his arm. Now he did it two years ago uh, in Auburn and he had a, one of his best games as a collegian uh, against Mississippi state. So state needs to find a way to get pressure on him early and sort of, I mean, I don't think you can stop Bigsby. That guy's great, but can you slow him down enough that, that Auburn feels like, okay, we need to throw the football. All right, I don't know how much you've watched uh, Auburn this year, but their receivers, um, they're they're just kind of wandering the desert right now. Um, and against Emerson and Forbes, who this is where I wanted to bring that up. It's supposed in sports, we're all about hype, and it rarely lives up to it. Emerson mm-hmm. and Forbes are they're better than a bunch in Baton Rouge that everybody was comparing them to because they're still playing. Yeah, I mean that's, that's the main thing there. But Emerson has been really good. I think Mel Kiper had him as the tenth best. Uh, corner in the draft on yesterday. We talked to Dane Brugler on Sports Talk Mississippi uh, a week ago. He liked Emerson a lot. He thought he could be a, a top five corner in the draft, which usually means you're a first rounder. And then Forbes, you know, he'll be draft eligible next year. He's probably going to be a first rounder as well. State's corners have, have been good this year. Um, Emerson is such an interesting guy because he has one career interception, but everybody talks about him like he's a potential high round pick just because nobody throws over there. They just, they just don't waste their time doing it. And you mentioned Auburn's receivers. They're, they're just not great. They're good. They're just not great. So you feel like State would have some advantage there if Auburn does turn to the pass, but it, it's going to be about turning them to the pass. And so if State can make Auburn one-dimensional, you feel really good about MSU's chances to, to, to win on Saturday. But at the same time, Bo Nix, he has these games sometimes where he'll just he's clicking and, and everything's working for him. So you have to you know avoid that as well. And let me ask you, this is just for personal curiosity. Do you think if if Emerson's a Sunday player, do you think maybe he's a safety? Because he's maybe, huge. He's a big. He's a bigger corner, but you know, these days in the NFL, there's bigger receivers. So you want guys if they can be physical and match up with yeah. them. That, that that you might want to get. Like he's a guy that, if nothing else, will say he's versatile and he can give a team options when they, when they select them. 
Wrapping up again, Brian Haydad, Super Talk Mississippi, all throughout the state. Um, let's talk a little bit about the fan base and making the trip over to Auburn. I am not expecting it to look like the uh, end scene from Hoosiers, but uh, well, what about the fan base? Are they going to represent? Oh, oh gosh, 11 a.m. game. I, I don't know. I mean, the state hasn't had, a, hasn't had really big home crowds this year. And that's one of the things we were talking about the other day, that Jackson State in, over here with Deion Sanders has a bigger sellout crowd than Mississippi State oh, God, does They got year. like 55 for homecoming, didn't they? Yeah, and state state's biggest crowd was Alabama, where they had fifty three. Wow! So now part of that is just you know people have were slow to buy into Leach. The Memphis and LSU losses back to back had sort of put people down yeah. a little bit, and now you know look, look ahead to next week, Tennessee State. You know, eleven a.m. game. You know that's not going to be a big crowd. Then you have the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl will be a big crowd because it's an Egg Bowl. But this has just been a bad year for attendance, and I think it's that's not a Mississippi State problem. You know that it's it's a college football program problem. Everybody has got empty seats at this year. But for State this year, yeah, the attendance hasn't been great. I, I wouldn't expect a huge Bulldog crowd in Auburn. But there will be some fans to show up for sure. Last thing, um, is Mike Leach, how he is dealing with the media? And, and, I mean, when you talk to the media, a lot of times you're talking to your fan base, your players. I know yeah. that. Um, when when he speaks, he, he seems, you know, when he's like halftime into the game and all that, he's still Mike Leach. What about during the week when, you know, if you're outside of Starkville or the state of Mississippi, all we see is the weekend uh, interactions. Uh, how yeah. has he kind of gone along over the last almost two years? Um, do you think he's comfortable? there now do you think he kind of gets the environment he's in i think so i mean if you if you've been watching his press conferences he's starting to slide more into that you know given wacky answers mike leach that we see yeah. the football questions you know you might get a couple sentences out of him but you ask him about you know middle east relations and he'll talk for five or six minutes on there so yeah. he's starting to i think i think he's comfortable here in startville i, I know that he you know the, the town has done a good job of embracing him and, and vice versa he likes being here um and I think as the winds continue to, to to come in, he'll he'll get more and more comfortable. I think early in the season it was just like they weren't winning, so yeah. you know, he was a little more curt, yeah. a little more short with the media. But now, now that they've won a few games, he, he's he's been a little bit more. Uh, a little more of that Mike Leach that we see on YouTube all the time. Well, Brian, I appreciate the insight, brother. Tell everybody we said hey. We'll do it again soon, man. Anytime, Chuck. Appreciate it. All right, Brian. Hey, Dad. Appreciate him coming on. That because um, I, I noticed this when he first got to Starkville, uh, he wasn't very Leach. And and I actually enjoy the information. I enjoy the football part of it, but he, you know, that's not the answers. You know, when you ask him about the slot receiver on Saturday against Louisiana Tech, that answer, you don't listen to it at the sports talk station in Denver or Seattle or Philadelphia. When you ask him about Halloween candy or I think my favorite, my favorite Mike Leach answer was when he was asked about Pac-12 mascots. And his question, and he asked a great question about the Ute. He's like, well, does he get a horse and a rifle, or is it just the guy? Because if it's the guy, that's easy. And I was like, he really puts thought into every – he is a drill-down, high-level thinker on even the most inane questions. What was the one that he talked about, like a bunch of kids in a basement playing a game? He's like, that, that can be about as loud as any of these places. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was talking about uh, the toughest road crowds and um, then his rant about Nebraska. Um, that wasn't the Mike Leach that was in Starkville, at least at the beginning. And I wondered if he thought, oh, man, I got to be buttoned up. I got to be, you know, more serious about it. He's plenty serious about football. He just thinks he has that part figured out. Again, they don't have 800 plays in the playbook. I think it's just, it's either, I think it's eight concepts is what they have. Eight concepts. 
And on this play, we're running the sixth concept or the second one or the first one or the eighth. That's kind of what it is. And so after that's been taken care of, football's easy for Mike Leach, at least his side of it. Um, and it, that, that wasn't the Mike Leach that debuted in Starkville. And when you don't win, and it's a little more difficult to kind of get to be yourself. Uh, so they've got a chance Saturday. I mean, it can still be a tremendous season for Mississippi State. they got a chance. they go on the road and win that game. Absolutely, they could. And then Tennessee State at home, that's, that is a dub. Apologies, is that Eddie George already? I believe it is Eddie yeah. George. Apologies to Eddie. Uh, and then you get to host Ole Miss at least. They're better. But can you win? Heck yeah. It's the Egg Bowl. So you're looking still potentially at blue sky, eight and four regular season. And, you know, I was talking earlier that um, if, you know, there are certain programs, if you get to seven and five, like Tennessee, Tennessee gets to seven and five. I don't think that they're good enough to beat a quality team in a bowl game. I think Mississippi State could be. I really do. So uh, a lot more on defense there in Starkville. And so there is still a lot of opportunity and none of it required to go on the road and beat Auburn. You got to play clean, be a little buttoned up there. Be careful with the football, but you can do it. Is it easy? No, Tennessee state should be easy. Auburn. No, not easy, but you can. Ole Miss, not easy, but you can. So it doesn't take a whole lot of unusual things to take this five and uh, or five and four. Yeah, it could be a whole lot better than that. A little bit of momentum as you exit December into January and recruiting and all that. So uh, still so much out there for the Maroon Bulldogs. We're going to take a break. Wrap up our one next. of college football no matter where you go with a new southern sports today app catch the best college football conversation in the south everywhere with the sst live stream and daily podcast downloaded now at the app store and the google play store now more of the best college football talk in the country it's the chuck oliver show lsu is a better job to have than Texas A&M. Jimbo ain't taking it. Uh, that is my opinion at this point. I don't know if Jimbo, I don't know uh, how fervently he's going to be pursued. I don't know if there's an off. Dan, have they offered Jimbo yet? You, I have not seen or heard of an official offer, but there okay. are the reports out there from numerous outlets that okay. he is at the top of the list. All right. Well, so then I appreciate you keeping me uh, 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 from looking ridiculous if he already had an offer. I was like, I don't think he has one. Um, I don't know if he will be pursued because nobody wants to be turned down. And so Woodward is savvy enough. And I mean, he's got. He's got a personal relationship with Jimbo, so there won't be any embarrassment. But um, I don't know how publicly, I'll put it that way, the pursuit of Jimbo, I don't know how public that'll get. But I don't think he's taking the job, even though it's – I said LSU is one of the 11 five best jobs in America. Texas A&M probably is, but even if it is, LSU is a better job. You don't have the same in-state um, just gauntlet that you have to deal with, and nobody, even Texas – I mean. Dan, is the is the is the shine gone? Is the mystique off to a sixteen year old high school junior four star running back 
does Texas rule does does the Longhorns? I'm saying UT. Does that mean anything to that kid anymore? You're talking about their real relevance nationally was more than ten years ago. So if you're talking to those kids, they were in okay. kindergarten so, when that was happening. So nobody in the state of Texas has a hammerlock on recruiting. Not anymore. No. Guess, guess what can happen in Louisiana? You can put a hammerlock on it. I don't think you're worried about who's going to Reston. I really don't. You're not even worried about who goes down to Tulane or over to Tulane. Um, you don't care. You're LSU. It's your state. Like, there's 49 others, and I don't know who runs those. This is our state. Even Nick Saban has been hitting landmines trying to get in there over the past couple of years. You know, I've talked about it. Give O credit. One thing, we're going to build a fence around New Hampshire. David, you know all the mascots. What's the new Are they the Black Bears? Wildcats. Maine's the Black Bears. David, we're going to build a fence around New Hampshire and get every two-star prospect coming out of this state because we're the – who are we again? Wildcats. We're the Wildcats. That's what the Wildcats do. We build a fence around New Hampshire. Normally, you can't do – everybody says it. Remember Dave Doran, we're going to build a fence around North Carolina, and by golly, he tried. Kirby, we're going to build a fence, and nobody can. Nobody can. Saban can't build a fence around Alabama. Dabo's like, Phoenix City. I like that place. I'll be darned if Coach O, and that ain't even real fence. It's a fence with a moat with alligators because it's Louisiana. That, he's done it. So it's a better job, and it's, I'm not going to say easier to recruit it is a more achievable top five recruiting class, I would say. Okay, Chuck, why ain't he taking the job? Because Jimbo thinks he's close to a national title at AM. And if you do that, Dan, I want to get your insight here because I have an opinion. It's not a national championship like, you know, whoever would, you know, Phil Fulmer won a national championship. Folks in Tennessee loved him. The dynamic, in my opinion, the dynamic of if you win a national championship in that state and it's not UT, and it's especially the redheaded little brother A&M, they'll name a town after him somewhere. I'm not over, like, it won't be Tom Landry Middle School. It will be a city will rename itself like Jimboville. Am, it, am I overspeaking this? No, you're not. I mean, especially in, in College Station where it is in the city ordinance that you have to have some sort of maroon on your building that, yes, that tells you all you need to know right there about how they would feel if Jimbo Fisher brought them the college football playoff trophy. Do you know uh, the distinction that Kennesaw, Georgia has? About 25 years ago, about 30 years ago, passed a law. Kennesaw, Georgia, if you live in Kennesaw and if you own a home in Kennesaw, you must have a handgun in the house. Not made up. Um, everybody can have their own little municipal, you know, municipal laws. Um, but I'm telling you, folks, he thinks he's really close. Now, Coach Ogeron, he took over a very imperfect product. He got Joe Burrow. He's like, hey, we, we got a national championship. I understand that there are ways. Jimbo has gone about it, though. A little cement, pff, brick. A little more cement, pff, brick. Coach O imported an entire wall. Jimbo, brick, little cement, brick. This is relevant. The reason I'm talking about it, I, I believe Walter Nolan is Derek Brown. 
And I didn't just pick a random former college stud or a guy from my school or anything. Like, what is Derek Brown? This huge, like, Coke machine-looking dude who is athletic and can move. I'm telling you, Walter Walter Nolan, the five-star number one defensive lineman in America who committed. He's out of Tennessee now. He's at Tennessee. Um, he committed to A&M over the weekend. Watch him. He's Derek Brown. He's about 325 or 330 pounds, and he's athletic, and he can move. I watched for four years the Auburn coaches would push the Derrick Brown button because a tackle, anybody over 300 pounds, you're not going to play every snap. They put they would make sure Derrick was in there on the important downs, and he's a difference maker. That's what this Walter Nolan kid looks like. And I'm only picking him because he doesn't have to be Derrick Brown because there's going to be five others that might be. That's why Jimbo, I believe, is going to look at Baton Rouge and say, I will pass it by. Because the build part, the part where I have to tell the fan, hey, we've got to you know tear some things down, that's already done in College Station. In Baton Rouge, you're looking around, start stomping out fires. Mm-mm, I'll stay home. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.